This is the BBC. This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK. BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. And cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley bowls down the track, comes scoring this time, chicken axe. It's either six or out, it's six. Oh, and welcome back to No Balls, a great podcast with me, Alex Hartley, and you, Kate Cross. Hello. You okay? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. I'm Actually, I'm exhausted. <laughs> because, <laughs> because you've been training, you've been to the gym, you've been a little athlete again. And honestly, I've put this podcast off for three days now and I, I can't put it off any longer. Yep, so here we are. We're back on the old zoom we're back on terrible wi-fi how mad though right so we got to new zealand yesterday obviously travels from australia so not a long trip not horrendous i am in isolation now for 10 days and i'm in the same room that i was in a year ago how mad are you sure absolutely positive it's the same room that is so weird and i'm definitely positive because i saw lisa so lisa's a couple of um rooms up from us came out of my room yesterday and was chatting through and she's like mate i'm in the same room i was in last year i was like no at least you can't be because i'm in the same room i was in last year and, and you're you weren't in my little group do you remember they put us in little little bubbles that we could train in and lisa wasn't in my yes. group and uh, she was like no nah, mate i'm in the same room and i was like at least you're not <laughs> you're absolutely not i am no, you're really not, because I actually am. So, you've got a balcony. We probably had this conversation this time last year, but we'll go again. Do you know what? I'm going to have a little rant now. Second time we've had to do an isolation on a cricket tour. Half the girls and staff have got balconies. Half the people don't. And I just don't get it. It's not fair. It's not right. If you've got to do 10 days isolation, you should absolutely have access to a balcony. My word to you yesterday was, it's inhumane to keep those people locked in a room for 10 days without fresh air well they've got windows that they can open so they're not going to suffocate (laughs) it's not the same you're right it's not like when you put a a glass on a spider honestly i'd be fuming if i didn't have a balcony so i am very very grateful but i'm just i think because it's so chalk and cheese with where the uk is at obviously we're getting the news that a lot of the covid restrictions are going to be gone if they're not already gone and then you come here and it's like it's gone backwards again. Yeah, someone was telling me that, like, it's very much a, if your mask is under your nose, like, they shout at you over there. So I had to do my PCR swab this morning and they come round and you've got to put your back against the wall. Like, you're not allowed to look at these people in case you give them COVID. And I had my mask on and I pulled it down over, like, so you could see mouth and nose. And she was like, no, 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 cover your mouth, cover your mouth. It's, like, it's just... What? It's so precautionary. And I get it. I fully get it. People have passed away and it's been horrendous. But two years on and nothing has changed here. And it's mad. But please don't go on and tell me how bad the 10 days is that you're doing because I've got to do it next week. So come on, it's fine. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to seeing how you cope with this because you've you've not really done any kind of isolation, have you? And to be fair, I've I've not not done any. I've not done any hard quarantine. This is the first hard quarantine where we've not got access to a gym or training facilities or anything. So I'm kind of excited in the nicest possible way to see how you cope with this. <laughs> no, Crossy. Like, I was thinking, like, it'd be fine. Like, it'll actually be fine, right? 
do you know what it i was thinking of um when you actually got covid and you were staying in my flat remember we had that debacle when i was in london you were in the flat and after two days you're like i need to go to my parents because i can't deal with this i can't deal with being on my own and and you were actually <gasps> nah. you were poorly yeah so me like just being me on my own it'll be fine i've got i've got a week left in melbourne um and i'm going to enjoy the freedom enjoy it while you can because we were actually going to record this podcast on my last morning in melbourne and then we realized it's my last morning of freedom for 10 days i don't want to be sat indoors on zoom because i'm going to be doing that for 10 days yeah so we were like let's just go for a coffee and a walk instead so we know this podcast is very 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 late very late not like us we're normally quite good with that and uh, we also promised henry that we would be in a quiet environment we we, we we messed up last time, didn't we? Because the emergency podcast was so emergency that we didn't know where to record it. And we put the laptop on top of a grid, not realising that yeah. there was water gushing around underneath it. And you couldn't really hear what we were saying. No. So it was, it was an emergency silent episode, but that's okay. Well, it was an emergency noisy episode. It was it was not, not, not our best. Not our worst, not our best. We've never had... We've never really had a telling off from the BBC, and, and that was the first one. Yeah. It was a really polite one, though. Henry my... was like, can you just, if you find somewhere nice and quiet, and then it'll just take me four hours less to edit it. That'd be great. It was really polite. Yeah. No, now my aircon's on, I'm worried that it's too noisy, so I'm just going to turn it off. Okay, nice. There we go. Six, six yeah. minutes in. Um, and how are you? And we've just been rambling. <laughs> Yeah, are you okay? Yeah, I'm. I am. It's been. It was a tough couple of weeks. Obviously, results didn't go our way in the ashes. Washes, and it's one. It's typical. You finish your tour, you stop. You stop thinking about cricket, and you realise how tired you are. And all I've done today yeah. is is sleep. So literally, woke up, had our swabs, had breakfast, fell back asleep, had some lunch, fell back asleep. So, yeah, I'm good. I'm all right. It, yeah, it was just tough. Um, how's the hand? Because I swear to God, you actually, your hand fell off. Like the whole thing came off and went under your body and it was horrific to watch. And you've, you've definitely broken your wrist. Right. I'll talk you through it. You know what I'm like with these injuries as well. I only, I only ever go to worst case scenario first. So I've, I'm running from mid on. I dive because I see the ball is going to go for four. I think, right pull out a specky stop do that but in the, in the time i'm doing that i'm like oh my hand's pointing the wrong way that's not okay and as my hand's pointing the wrong way i hear two cracks so i think yeah. like you saw it you saw my reaction after it i just led on the floor and i was like oh my god i'm going home tomorrow i'm out of the world cup i've broken my wrist it, my fingers are definitely not meant to point towards my feet whilst i'm going the other way like it was it was just all a bit uh, uh, uh. you're also a, you, you catastrophize don't you i i think I, I do but i also think it was fair in the moment i think because i saw what happened if i'd not seen my hand i would have been a bit like oh that hurt didn't didn't sound great like must have got it caught but i think because i physically saw my fingers pointing back towards me when they, should have, when they really shouldn't have been <laughs> so anyway i yeah i ruled myself out of the world cup I then bowled the next over because why not? I was yeah. like, oh, it's moving. It's it, fine. We, it's... It went for 12. 
really really i need to speak to our physio actually because i was really really in hindsight thinking he should have just pulled me off the pitch at that point and let me calm down because i was in a lot of shock and he said to me afterwards he said um he said oh you've got a bit of color back in your cheeks crossy i was like what he went yeah you were white as a ghost when i came on that pitch i was like oh oh no i was like you like yeah shock i was like i should have just come off the pitch like taken a minute but anyway like we had a scan and somehow miraculously easy for me to say miraculously the injury fairies have been with me for an injury and they've let me get away with one and it's it's fine like i've stretched my tendons <laughs> but it's fine i can't believe your wrists are stronger than your ankles well that was really the the silver lining of it all when i was like thinking about it the, the night i was like gosh really my wrists really have put my ankles to shame here because this is what it should be about this is how strong they should be yeah, well, strong wrists, weak ankles, because you did your ankle standing on a sponge, you put your whole body weight on your wrist, and it's fine. So if my if my ankles, if we liken them to a rich tea biscuit, then I've got like hobnob wrists. Oh yeah, with chocolate and caramel. Yeah, they'll have a real sturdy biscuit, a real sturdy, strong mm. wrist. <laughs> However, I do have to, well, I've got 10 days of rest now, which is is good. 10 days in isolation rest in my wrist keep it moving though keep that keep some exercises going got to keep it flexible yeah got to keep it moving a little yeah. bit but got to rest it and um, before we talk about what you're going to do in isolation shuffling your ipod why <laughs> don't <laughs> why don't we do a quick roundup on the washes yeah we need to don't we yeah um i want to i want to ask you a question so, Heather keeps saying you went toe-to-toe with the Aussies. Did you? Is that a leading question? No, I want your opinion. I genuinely think at phases in different parts of different games, we absolutely did. We challenged them. We stood up to yeah. them. We dominated them at some parts of it. But the bits that we got wrong were match-definingly wrong. Yeah. So when I think when Heather's been saying that in the press, I think she's likening it to the 2019 series where we were so far away from them that it didn't look like we could win a game. But now, yeah, okay. I, I genuinely believe if we play our best cricket on our day, we can beat that team. Yeah, I think you can as well. And also what has been really good to come out of this Ashes, washes, is your bowling unit. Oh my God, Crossy, your bowling unit I reckon could be better than theirs. Yeah, I I think that as well. And it's the frustrating thing about cricket, isn't it? You can get one half of it right, uh, one half of the game right, and you can get the second half not right, and it just almost like puts the first half to bed. Like it doesn't matter. Like we've got to play together as a team, and we've just not quite been doing yeah. that yet. And I said on my, I put, posted a picture the other day um, on Instagram. And I said the worst part about that ashes for me, washes for me, was that we didn't play our best cricket. But in a way, that's the most yeah. exciting bit because we've still not peaked. And we're now going into a one-day World Cup where we've played the toughest opposition in the world as our preparation, probably lost a bit of confidence because we've not had any results. But we've also played the toughest opposition in the world going into a World Cup. So it's the best preparation we could have yeah. as well. Literally the best preparation because had you have played three ODIs against South Africa, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, you wouldn't know where you needed to get better because you'd probably just dominated. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that obviously not taken away from any of those teams, but 
we're probably expected to win those games. Whereas we're never expected to win against Australia. And we haven't done. Like We're not daft. We know that we've not played good enough cricket to win. But there was just glimmers of us being really, really good and capable of defending yeah. that World Cup. I said you would lose that last ODI, which you did, but I wouldn't put it past me to win the first World Cup game against Australia. Not at all. I think World Cups are just different as well because... You, every game is a different opposition every game is a different challenge whereas in an Ashes series you're playing against the same players I, I spoke about it at the start when we hadn't played the, all the T20s we were meant to but we hadn't quite had that narrative of the Ashes yet where you've got those little battles of like Catherine bowling at Healy yeah. like that hadn't happened and you you don't get that in World Cup cricket because you never play the same team twice Um, so there's always like I said to the girls the other day, like, we just need a win. We just get a little win under our belt. We get our confidence back. We sing the team song. We remember we're not a bad team. We've not turned into a bad team overnight. You know, we dominated our summer in England. And it's just confidence. Cricket is just confidence. Yeah, mo- momentum as well. You win that You win that first game. You don't, you do win what, that first game. You know, 2017, didn't win the first game, won the competition. So like, yeah. you don't have to win that first game. But I genuinely believe England can win that first game. Yeah. And I think as well that, I mean, we played an Ashes series over three weeks. We started every part of the series on a Thursday. So there was no respite in between. And that's sometimes a good no. thing if you've got the momentum. And it's also a terrible thing if you've not got the momentum. So the fact that we played, you know, all of that within the space of 21 days, it was quite novel to us as well. And you add that onto the the preparation that we'd had, which wasn't great. The isolation, the COVID, the restrictions, everything like that. It does all add up. I'm not making excuses, but it does all yeah. add up. So that I think Heather even said in one of her interviews at the end of the third ODI that it was a tired performance. Was really tired. There was there has been one amazing, 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 amazing thing to come out of the washes, Crossy. Is it the fact that everyone was using the hashtag washes? That okay, there's two amazing things that have come out of the washes. That which we Go started. On. And the second thing you like genuinely just you me and my hobnob biscuit wrists that and the fact that you're just so good at cricket at the minute like just so <laughs> good at cricket at the minute like it's so good to watch and you're just like cleaning meg lanning up snicking people off getting people lbw like it's so good um yeah i mean it's nice nice to be talking positively about cricket for once isn't it um do you know what? I, Isha actually interviewed me on Seven Cricket the other day, pitch side, when I didn't play that third ODI. And her and Alex Blackwell were in the studio. And Alex was like, "What? What is it? What? Why are you being? What, you know, why are you getting success at the minute?" And I said it was down to two things. One of them is the behind the scenes work that no one sees. You know how much I've put into my training and uh, like I've been drilling my action and strengthening my action and drilling it and drilling it and drilling it. like every single game. I drill my action because that's my warm up now. My repetition of doing that has made yeah. my action more consistent, which means I bowl less bad balls, which means I can build more pressure, which I've actually spoken to you about in the past of like, my job isn't to take wickets in this team. No, it's to build pressure throughout the middle phase. Yeah. And that's, I do that. And I've, I think now people now don't try and go after Sophie. So I'm getting a few more rewards because they're just defending yeah. Soph. Um, but the second thing I put it down to is just how much I'm enjoying cricket. Yeah. And it makes such a difference. And the girls who did, so Sutherland and T-Mac, Talia, did their interviews at the end of the Ashes. And both of them said that. They both said how much they're enjoying the cricket. 
and they're both having success as well. Like I think it, there is definitely something in it, and we spoke about it, haven't we? It's so hard to just enjoy something, to just say, oh, enjoy it and you'll do better. But I genuinely am really enjoying, I'm enjoying the challenge of it. I'm enjoying how hard it is. I'm enjoying like fun on the pitch with the girls. Like, every single photo I've, I've had from the, the games have been just me smiling or laughing or, you know, enjoying it. So yeah. there's definitely something in that as well. It's just how you create it is quite difficult. And while we're bigging you up, we might as well say congratulations on the bowling performance of the year. Thank you. Yeah, that was a nice little surprise. How good's that? I only saw it because your brother tweeted it. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, so I found out about that um, about a week, two weeks ago, because H, two fingers came up to me. and was like, you need to do an acceptance speech because you've won an award. I was like, what? <laughs> how mad so I did my little acceptance speech saying thanks to everyone thanks to Heather for nearly dropping that fifth catch and giving me my heart in my mouth moment um but yeah I think it yeah it's just nice it's nice I guess nice to be recognized for stuff but I also really don't like how nice you're being to me so can we move on (laughs) how are you like how are you how did you find your first ashes mashes washes experience an emotional roller coaster like really really was an emotional roller coaster in in what way? Because there were like I I'm an England like cricket fan again. Like when I lost my job, there was a phase where I didn't want England to win because I was so bitter about it. Whereas like now, like all I want is for everybody to do well and everyone to win and to watch you get into good positions and then collapse and then get into bad positions and then get back into winning positions. I just didn't know how to cope with it all, and like I'm exhausted. Well. Uh same as us I guess like you you finish the tour and you stop and you realize don't you how tired you are but I guess that's something you're gonna have to get used to as a commentator is like the emotional roller coaster of it all because you now can't help in any way shape or form and I reckon that's harder from being a past player that's harder to regulate yeah and this is this is gonna sound strange but during that test match when we were ahead of the rate I was so much more nervous commentating because I couldn't couldn't control it than I ever have been playing. And same with like the ODIs and like I don't know, it's just it's just a really weird position. And obviously, when you've lost games, you have I have to criticise you, which I hate because I don't want to upset people. But then I know it's my job. They know it's my job. And if they take it the wrong way, that's on them, not me. And it's just it's really hard to like actually get your head around to do it professionally and be fair on everything as well. Yeah. That's all that people will ever ask of you, though, is just to be fair about it. If there's if there's something to criticise someone for, then we're, like, we're not daft. We know we're going to get criticised for it. I think as well for you, it's hard because you've got mates in this team, haven't you? Like you've got mates that you've played with. You've got me. You've got Soph. You've got Emma Lamb now. Yeah. Shout out Emma Lamb, cap number one three yes, three. Lammy. What a beauty! Bless her though for getting. Congrats. <laughs> yeah. See, like, and then me, I was like, look, that was a decent ball. It did nip back a bit, but she has to keep that out as an opener. And I know she's on debut and I know she's nervous, but that's not good enough. And then I felt really bad. And then she didn't really speak to me the day after. I was like, did she hear me? Oh my God, she heard me. <laughs> I don't know if she did. She's definitely not mentioned that. So I'm assuming she didn't hear you. Yeah, but I but I was like, I totally get it because it's a debut. Like, oh my God, like everyone. I don't, does anyone ever perform on their debut? Uh, I picked up a player of the match performance on my debut. Right, of course you did. <laughs> of course you did. Let's <laughs> drop it in there. <laughs> anyway so just to keep everyone updated don't know why you wouldn't be updated because if you listen to the pod you probably follow us both on social media but 
Washes is finished. You're still in Australia. You're traveling to New Zealand in about a week's time to do your isolation to then commentate on the ICC Cricket World Cup Women's ODI Games. I'm already here. (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. I'm already here. I flew into Australia. No, I flew into New Zealand last night. We are doing our 10 days and then we'll play some warm-up games. And our first game is against Australia on the 5th of March. I think it's the 5th. We'll clarify and let you all know. But if not, just Google it. (laughs) And I'm really excited because when I get there, we've got a day crossover in quarantine. So like you can help me on my first day because it'll be your last day. (laughs) Yeah, you said to me the other day, you're like, I'm so gutted that you're out of quarantine when I'm in it. I was like, why? And you're like, because I'm going to need help. I'll send you a crossword book. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I'm hoping, do you know when you had um, a little phase out of the team in Canberra? And I sent you some goodies. I'm hoping you'll do the same. Uh, yeah, we'll see. You don't want to. It's also eat in Valentine's isolation, Day though. on Monday. Yeah, true. It's Valentine's Day Monday. I was like, should I send Crossy something for Valentine's Day? What? <laughs> just, just, just to be like, hello. Hope you're having a nice day. Please don't. Here's some flowers. Please no. I'm pleased. I'm excited against it. Anyway, right. Let's move on. Do you know what this is? Just giving me a serious throwback to though. This specific environment being on on um facetime doing our chat doing our podcast this is where we recorded the infamous sue redfern episode is it yeah that makes sense you know because it was like a, a year ago a couple of weeks ago yeah so i think it's only fair that when it's time to go upstairs with with anyone we go upstairs with sue because it's been our anniversary well shall we go upstairs with sue now then well i was just quickly going to ask if you've got anything on your sticky note my God, it's been a 23-minute introduction. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. But we have done the Washes Roundup, so we don't have to speak about that ever again. We have. Uh, podcast. No, nothing. Um, the last thing I've got is booted out the ground for sitting by a window, but that was a couple of weeks ago. So yeah, and we spoke about that on the last pod. Okay, so I've, I've just got a few things, but we'll be able to quickly go over them. So... My brother messaged me yesterday and he said, I need some clarity on the podcast when you record it. Because apparently on the last episode, I said that when I faced that last ball of the test match, Sophie was at the non-striker's end with her eyes closed, looking at the sky. And he messaged me and was like, I just want you to explain how that is possible. Right. Yeah, that is very true. Obviously, Bobby, I meant... Do you want to just open your water bottle? (laughs) (laughs) the loudest water Sorry, bottle in the world really... it's really it's really squashy it sounded like crackling yeah go on uh obviously i meant she had her head to the sky with her eyes closed she wasn't looking at the sky with her eyes closed yeah so just a bit of clarity there for anyone that was confused second i reckon <laughs> there's only one person that was confused second thing it's quite a funny one so i don't know if you noticed but we all got brand new test hats for the test match Yes. So before we flew out to Australia, H2 Fingers messaged the group and was like, bit of a weird one, but I need you all to measure the circumference of your heads. So we're all like, okay. is, this a, is this a wind up? I was going to say, it's got to be a wind up. I just got out my tape measure and I actually got like one of the proper ones, not the the hard one that you have to, you know, that you do walls with that then like is square. Stay so still. Got, yeah. yeah. So I, I actually got a proper... Um, a uh, real r- measurer what do you call it i don't know got a proper tape. Measurer it's out. like a tape thing tape measure that like a tailor would use so i'm measuring my yeah, head yeah tailor measure use that 
Yeah. I take, yeah. So I sent my, my number back to H2 Fingers. I was like, my circumference of my head is 62 centimeters. So that was that, sent off. And then about an hour later, they messaged me back and they were like, I'm really sorry to have to question this. And it's a bit embarrassing for you. But your head was significantly bigger than everyone else's in the squad. So can I just double check that you measured it correctly? So we had to put it above our eyebrows and make sure you could fit a finger underneath the tape measure so that it wasn't like dead tight on your head. So I measured, I, I did it again, but I videoed it and sent it to H and I was like, look, just double check in. And it was 61 and a half this time. So I was like, I think I was right the first time. So statistically, I have the largest bonds in our team. Well, that doesn't surprise me because your head next to mine always looks so big. It really does. And it does surprise me though, because I don't think I look like I've got a big head. You don't look out of proportion. Yeah. Sophie Eccleston, one of the smallest heads in the team, wouldn't believe it, would you? No. No. So this is obviously then men. When it comes to hat stacking, there's a bit of a problem. Yeah. Because I stand at mid-on or mid-off normally, so I'm I'm a a hat stacker. I'm a... What would you call it? I'm the... You're you're the hat rack. Yeah, I'm the hat rack. Brunty, don't know if you saw this in the second ODI, might have been the first ODI, had to leave the pitch because I broke her one day hat. No! So she bowled him over and then had to leave the ground to go and fetch her second ODI hat because I'd worn hers and she also statistically one of the smallest heads in the team and then I I, I ripped it at the back (laughs) and she was like crossy I've only got one left you've got to be careful So I was in loads of trouble. You broke her hat. Broke her. It's I wondered like, why she went off. I was like, she's gone for a wee. It was like it's really sturdy material too, and I broke it because my head's so well so larger than everyone else's. So you and Catherine actually had a photo shoot together to try and get your heads to look the same size. Yeah, so we had to do that thing where it's like spatial recognition. So I was like stood three meters behind her, and our heads were the same size. <laughs> nice. Anything else on your sticky note? No, that's it. That is it. Okay. We should definitely do some emails because we've done 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. So we're going upstairs with the infamous Sue. Yeah, we have to, don't we? It's been our anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like to go first? Okay. I've got one here. And it says, hi, Crossy and Alex. First up, how are you? We've done 30 minutes of that, so we don't need to answer it. It was great listening to the recent Tailenders and No Balls podcast. We've been listening for a while and just wanted to let you know how much we appreciate the pod and how much it means to us and others. So keep up the good work. And we thought we'd email you some questions that you two might enjoy answering. So who out of the England women's team, and you you can answer some of these because you still know everyone. Who out of the England women's team is most likely to, number one, have the worst or best taste in breakfast cereals? Sophie Eccleston. Sophie Eccleston. Remember when she found like less sugar cocoa pops and she was absolutely buzzing about it because she could have more yeah. of them. She was like having two bowls of no sugar cocoa pops compared to one bowl of sugar cocoa pops. Genius, if you ask me. Question two. Who's most likely to spontane- spontaneously get married in Vegas? Ooh. Maddie Villiers. I was going to say Maddie. Yeah, I could see Maddie doing that. Do you know why? Purely for the fact that she was going to be a rep in a beefer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who is most likely to adopt a guinea pig 
Uh, Sophie Eccleston. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Who's an animal lover? Dunks has, is it Dunks that's got loads of animals? Well, she's got a dog, hasn't she? Yeah. A strange question, because you, would you buy it? You'd just have a guinea pig, wouldn't you? You wouldn't adopt one. We used, to have, we used to have guinea pigs as kids. You adopted a warty pig. Or maybe you? I did. I did. No, I no, I don't like guinea pigs. Who is most likely to cry after dropping a catch? Well, I'm going to say, I was going to say the obvious one, but having recently dropped one off her future wife's bowling, that was probably one of the easiest catches that she might get in a career, I'm going to say Nat Siver. <laughs> oh my God. And then I love the fact she just played dead. She pretended like it didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> the pitch is brilliant, isn't it? Yeah, I've got I've made a gif of it and it's so good. And then Catherine like just stares at her, looks at her and points at the boundary, like dismisses her to the boundary. She's like, get out of my sight. I heard everything that got um said in the exchange and I'm not gonna repeat any of it. <laughs> oh no, was it really bad? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, lose an ODI and lose your wife on the same day, Nat. Can happen. <laughs> Uh, question five. Who's most likely to be seen up a tree? I have no idea. I know that one because someone recently fell out of one on this trip. Somebody fell out of the tree? And lost her sunglasses in the process. Emma Lamb. Katie George. Oh! <laughs> uh, who is most likely to wear their England kit on a night out? No one. No one does that. We're not. We're not actually, one of our rules is you're not allowed to have any alcohol whilst wearing kit. Oh, okay. So, no one. Who is most likely to become a footballer? Ooh. Now, I would have said Fran Wilson, but she's retired. Mm. And you know what? Nat Siver's good at everything. Yeah, Nat's a good shout. So, I'm going to say Nat. Maddie. Maddie would be up there. So would Soph. Soph loves a football. Wouldn't be toffees. you. Oh, not me, no. No, not me. Although, I have, I have been given the most improved on this trip. Everyone said I've got better. Well, that's good. Yeah. So, if your Toblerone toe's not quite as pointy anymore no my lettuce foot has has gone somewhere i don't know where it is but it's gone (laughs) it's not in your wrist um they've sent a load of other questions as well but we need answers from people they've like asked sophie a question danny a question so we may might have to wait until later Uh. on the podcast um but thanks a lot love you jim and jonesy aka jemima and katie hi kate and alex you often describe the part as a shambles but producer henry did say on another podcast that you were quite professional I reckon you do a lot more planning than you let on. Rather like a stand-up comedian. Sometimes they think they riff off an hour or anything without any planning, but actually it's a finely honed act that they spend hours and months to perfect. So, which is it? We probably do do more than we let on, don't we? Yeah, but we really, we've not planned this one at all. No, obviously, because we introed up for 30 minutes. But I think we care about it. But it's just, we just make rogue decisions like putting a laptop on the hottest day that Canberra's ever had on a grid. The laptop, we didn't even talk about that. The laptop like set on fire, turned itself off. It was that hot. It's just, we're just a bit shambolic in that aspect. Yeah. I mean, I've not got a microphone again. No, and you actually could have plugged the microphones in, but you were too exhausted, you said. Yeah, from the gym. Hi, Kate and Alex. Love you both. Amy Jones needs to wear the low-rise version of the England kit. Although the third umpire would have given the benefit of the doubt to the batter and there was obviously more than a waistband of doubt in that decision. But as someone is keen to state, 33% of all full tosses take wickets, right? So based on that, if a random bowler 
called, let's say, Alex Hartley, bowls 34 bungers, she will end up with 10 wickets and the innings will be over in five of her overs. Maybe it's worth a go. What do you both think? Well, it might not help. <laughs> I still maintain I'm the only bowler never to get a wicket off a full toss, though. Yeah, I think because we, we speak about it and you specifically speak about it, I think people were aware of it. Yeah, so therefore, every time I bowl a full toss, which is never because I'm a professional... Um, you just bowl the drag. Six. You just bowl the drag down, down leg side. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what a shambles! I um, had a, I had a net actually yesterday, Crossy, and I was good. Yeah. Best when fresh. Like, got in the car. Kirsty Gordon brought me home, and the first thing I said to her, I was like, "How well did I bowl tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> I bet she was like, "All right, mate." <laughs> yeah, she was. She went, "All right, mate. Calm down." Going back to the Amy Jones waistband thing, obviously that was. Uh, can we say a controversial decision? No, it was a no ball. It was the wrong decision. So I think that just highlighted to me, we've got all this technology, we've got all this capability of seeing where the ball could land if it would hit the stumps. Use it. Use it for those decisions. Because... Literally. Why would you not? It's so strange, isn't it? So strange. Hi, Kate and Alex. Long time OG listener, second time emailer. I had to email to say thank you very much for the test match. I am a proper cricket badger and love all cricket, especially the women's game, but that match was something special indeed. I'm writing this over 12 hours after the test match has finished and I'm still on a high, buzzing from listening to that. Kate, how you stayed so calm and collected in the middle for those last 13 balls, I have absolutely no idea. I was all over the place simply listening, so being out there must have been something else. Alex, I absolutely loved how passionate and in love with the team you were on the radio. Aww. You were portraying exactly what the rest of us listening were feeling. Never give that up. You are both role models for everyone that loves cricket. If I if I ever have a daughter, if they ever turn out to be half the role models you are, I'd be so proud. Oh, stop it. And no, on a lighter note, what is lightly battered chippy tea? Surely fish is just battered. No idea if it's heavily battered or lightly battered. Yeah, you can get a lightly battered fish. I, do you know what? I'm not sure I have ever heard of that. Have you not? Yeah, you can get a lightly battered fish. No. It just means less, just li- literally less batter on it. So it's not a massive thick bit of crust. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, whilst we're bigging each other up, hi, Kate and Alex. For what it's worth, Kate, I'm incredibly proud of your performance with bat and ball. This is for the first ODI, by the way. And Alex, I can't begin to imagine how it would have felt commentating on Crossy batting at the sharp end of the match. Go well next time. Lots of love. Shui Shang. Nice. Well, Crossy, go well next time. Thanks, mate. Hi, Kate and Alex. As a cup-carrying, long-time listener, I feel the need to put your feet back on the ground. There has been far too much loving and wonderful <laughs> comments about the pod. So, the pod is mediocre at best. P.S. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. It's for pod purposes. Anyway, my question. Kate spoke of her sadness with her performance in the test based on how the scorebook looked. Her team knew her contribution, but the scorebook didn't reflect it. A number of times she's discussed how her role in the team isn't necessarily about taking wickets. She's not an enforcer, but a controller. So as international athletes, how do you measure individual success? Do you have set goals against the game plan? And is it based on you adapting to the situation in front of you? Thanks for everything you do. Phil, the Lancastrian in Yorkshire. Yeah, we. I mean, we get measured on... so. Each bowler that bowls, we all get measured at like the areas that we bowl and a certain number of percentage balls in the right area, so mostly hitting the stumps, 
you know, you want to be up at about 70, 75% of that. Uh, dot, we get dot ball percentage. We get measured on that as well. So how many dot balls we bowl in, which we've actually bowled a hell of a lot in that Washi series just gone. Yeah. Like each power play was like 45 dots, which means there was only 15 balls that anyone was scoring off, which was crazy good. It's because you bowled 42 of them in a 10 over spell. <laughs> um, but I actually was more frustrated with the test match because I did neither. I know I had dropped catches, so I know that that's out of my control, but my I was actually going at fours for most of the test match. So I, I was frustrated because I was doing neither because I was having a ball go for a boundary most overs. Um, so that's why I was disappointed yeah. with that. But I think you just, like, you kind of get to a point where you know if you've bowled well, you know if a good ball's got, like Healy in the second ODI came down the track and whacked me for six over mid-off. And that was a tick ball for me. That was where it should have been. But yeah. she created something and made something else happen. So I think you just kind of get used to knowing what's good and what isn't good. Yeah, you do. And I, do, I always think, like, I would just try and hit the stumps. That is my job, hit the stumps. Make make the batters make the mistake. Uh, they also say, P.S., I've just had my kitchen done. As a bread knife cleaner who puts the toaster away in a cupboard, I would have invited Kate to cut the ribbon if she wasn't in Australia. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> Hi, Kate and Alex, and any guest you may have today. Sorry, we've not got a guest. No but guess. we might try and get one for next week. Yeah. I came across your pod recently through the Naughty Child podcast and I love it. I never really watched cricket before but ended up watching all of the washes, so thank you. My question is, how much support is available for professional sports people around their mental health? I'm a psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm a psych- <laughs> I thought you were going to say psychopath. I'm a psychopath and I need help. I'm a psycho and I have never heard so much about therapy or counselling in sport so I wondered if it's promoted or encouraged as much as you think it should be. Also, I'm a pro brushing my teeth pre-breakfast. You can do it straight afterwards but you need to do it as well before the day begins. Take care, Jen. Um, so they are a psychopath because they brush their teeth before brekkie. Yeah. Yeah, we get loads of support now especially with these biosecure COVID bubbles that we're flying in and out of. Um a lot of well-being, a lot of welfare, a lot of planning as well, because you actually don't know how you're going to react in, say, this 10 days of isolation. I think I'm going to be all right, but you don't know how it's going to affect you. So, you know, we've yeah, got a psychologist who's who's travelled around with us and put a lot of stuff in place before about routines, plans, how to deal with it. Um, and also, like I spoke a little bit after the test match about that emotional regulation that we're not quite used to like doing a lot of work with someone on that and how to move on and especially in a world cup when you've got games coming thick and fast and you've got to be able to analyze and move on like we do a lot of work on that kind of stuff too and then you pass it all on to me so, so I you never listened you never liked going to the psych did you You th- always thought it'd mess with your head yeah and it always like i remember like not, obviously not seeing the psych at all throughout the 2017 world cup drop that in two fingers um and then they that's the second time you've mentioned it today <laughs> It's because you're about to play one. Um, so it's going to get mentioned a whole lot more. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and then they wanted to see me the day before. And I was like, nah, you're not, you're not asked to see me this whole trip. Why would I see you now? It's just another cricket game. Yeah. And this was the game that you vomited but, before you went out to play. Because I was so nervous, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but had I had seen the psych, who knows where I'd have actually ended up. Might have been better, might have been worse. Probably would have been better. My own fault. I think it's about having a relationship with that person to know that they're trying to 
make things better for you. I think if you're like guarded against that person, you're not going to get anything out of it. Yeah. 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 And I never let those walls down. No, never. Not even with me sometimes. (laughs) I'm fine. I'm fine. Have we got time for one more? Yeah. We could do some LBWs. I've got one here that looks quite good. Hi, Alex and Crossy. Used Alex's first name, but used Crossy's nickname to balance it out. Aussie cricket fan here in Melbourne. Love the podcast and been listening since you first came onto the TMS pod feed. First off, the test match was brilliant. Can't wait to see the ODIs at Junction Oval. Okay, we're a little bit behind. Listening to you guys on your emergency pod, plus on Tailenders and Alex on TMS, it struck me that I now know a lot about what the thinking was like in the English dressing room and in the culture around the team, but that there's nothing similar coming out of the Australian dressing room. So it led me to wonder, do you think the Aussies are listening to your podcasts? Nah, surely not. (laughs) I don't think they are. I don't think they finish a game and all sit around in a circle and listen to our podcasts. Well, then they go on to say, if so, do you think it's giving them an advantage because they know what's going on inside your heads? Or do you think it's giving you an advantage because it shows what a supportive and honest culture you've got amongst your team? I think if they were listening to our podcast, they'd be really struggling mentally and they need anything to help them because this is a shambles. (laughs) I actually don't think we gave much away either. I think we literally yeah and it was all in hindsight anyway it wasn't like i was out there doing a live broadcast about what my plan was and oh meg keep everyone off the boundary because i'm not going to try and go for the win i would love that maybe one day maybe instead of doing a live show like we're planning that probably will never happen we'll just do a live cricket game (laughs) i tell you what i really want to do i want to wear the mic you know the the, like danny wyatt and tammy wear obviously i can't because yeah why did you not I can't run in a ball with it on my back. It's like it makes you look like a hunchback, doesn't it? Oh, is it a big thing? It's big, and it's I think bowling spinners do it because Glenn Glenn Maxwell does it in Big Bash, doesn't he? But I'd love it if you could ask me questions whilst on that microphone. Yeah, I'd be like, Crossy, what'd you have for breakfast? <laughs> anyway, that that was from Angus in Northcote, and he says, "Keep up the great work." Lovely, lovely. Are we going to do a couple of LBWs, or should we save them? I reckon let's do a few. Hi. My boyfriend listens to your podcast and loves it. I'm sorry to say I don't listen, but only because I don't watch cricket yet. But I do love the name of it, so that's a start. I'm writing because a few months ago, my boyfriend threw me right under the bus by writing in about my little bit weird. Yes, I am the one who takes her shoes off, only if they're easy to slip on and off, might I add, in restaurants. (laughs) I'm very clean, so my feet don't smell. I just like to feel comfy, but enough about me. My boyfriend's... Oh, I love this. Oh, this is revenge. Yeah, same. My boyfriend's LBW is that he is so weird about Tupperware. He gets uncomfortable if I use Tupperware to take things I've baked to my friend's house and triple checks before I leave the house that I'll bring it back. He tells me to make sure I immediately move my food into their Tupperware so I can bring ours home. I, of course... Don't just want to give away our stuff, but I feel a bit awkward giving my friends a cake and then immediately demanding my Tupperware back So as, as soon as I'm through the door. I'm sure they'll give it back when they're done. We've got lots of Tupperware and it's really cheap, so I'm not sure why. Surely his plastic hoarding ways are weirder than my cosy feet. Thanks, Jordan. Very good. People do get funny about Tupperware, but I can see why. So my mum and dad always, always keep my grandma's Tupperware. 
and then like give it back a year later. And she made my dad, um, what's the thing that you make at Christmas? And it's like cold custard. Angel Delight? No, it's got like fruit in it as well. Um, anyway, she made like this dessert. I don't know what it's called. Creme brulee. No. no. <laughs> I'm going to Google it. What's I want to know what this called? is. Cold cold. Custard. Oh, is it the one that you can get from the bakery? An egg tart? No, no, but he does like an egg tart. It's like... I don't know then. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'll figure it out. Anyway, she made him one for Christmas and it's she makes it in like this single-use glass jar and she brought it round Christmas Eve for him so he can have it Christmas Day and all he did was take that dessert and hand back the one from the year before. <laughs> Well, I'd be fuming if I was your grand because that sounds like really good, a real good bit of apparatus. Yeah, it's like this glass thing that's beautiful. She went, I did wonder where I'd put that other one. But <laughs> I was like, I've had it a year. I do, I get it. I'm quite funny about, like, if someone if someone did that for me, I'd be really conscious that I need to give them their Tupperware back. But a lot of people buy more expensive Tupperware than me because I'm quite cheap about it. I'll just get the ones from Tesco that are dead cheap. So I actually do sometimes steal someone's Tupperware. <laughs> If it's better than mine. Yeah. If it's got the clips on it, they're great. Yeah, they're a good one to keep they're on. Really good Whereas top. us, like I I bought us some from Amazon, it was like five pounds for fifty, and I was like, whoa, what a treat. And they break every time you use them. Yeah, they do. Hi Alex and Kate. Have been listening to the podcast for a while now, convinced that it is one of the best out there. I fear, however, the enjoyment of listening to you has been the cause of some rather worrying LBW like behaviour on my half. I am an Aussie, you see, and of course a cricket lover. Must congratulate UK as you bowled so well during the recent amazing rest Thank between you. our great countries with no luck at all. And I think rest might mean test. Towards the end. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think, it, <laughs> I think it did. And for once, that's not me reading it wrong. <laughs> Which leads me to my concern. Never have I sat and watched on the edge of my seat desperately wishing for one of the old enemy a pom to take a wicket. An unfamiliar feeling of goodwill towards an English cricket team. I'm also realising it may have run over into my reactions during the matches as well. Very disconcerting. I feel I definitely need your advice, ladies. This is too much. Should I be removing the corrupting influence of nobles, the podcast, from my life? Um, no! Absolutely not. John, right? Just because you now want England to win because you feel like we're friends, that's fine. We can be friends. John, sport is all about the people in it. Results aside, it's about the people. You follow people on Instagram because you like them. You follow football teams or cricket teams because you like the people in it. If you like us, support us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Therefore, I'm supporting Sri Lanka in the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think we need to call it a day there because we've definitely run over. Don't Ooh, forget sorry. to email us on... Noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk <laughs> Noballspodcast at bbc.co.uk It's, it's so, so good. good. This they is definitely not going to be in time because they've said it twice over a crappy Wi-Fi. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Happy New Year! <laughs> and cross strikes in the first over. It's what England were looking for. Hartley bowls down the track, comes scoring this time, Chicken X. 
It's either six or out. It's six. P.S. Um, I've just realised that it's called a trifle, everybody. Don't panic. Have you just missed that amazing goal on five lap? Oh, what a goal! It's stuff that dreams are made of! Download the BBC Sounds app and you'll never miss another moment. You can go back to the start of any live show or match. Pause the commentary mid-action and even rewind to hear it again and again. Oh, oh, what a goal! Play, pause and rewind. Live radio that you control. Listen on BBC Sounds.